everybody, and welcome to Unleashed, The Game Changers. Now, you might be expecting to see Paola Diana um, presenting the show because Unleashed, The Game Changers, is her show. But I am Shamim Sarif. I'm a novelist, screenwriter, and film director, friend of Paola's, and I am the guest host of Game Changers today. Um, I'm thrilled to be here, and the reason I am is that I kind of pushed Paola from this seat over there into the guest chair where we will be meeting her in just a moment. Uh, the reason being is that she is a wonderful friend and a human being, um, but I felt she had a lot to talk to us about. She, Paola has uh, had a very interesting life, which we'll get into. She's a self-made entrepreneur who's got some highly successful businesses. She's a fabulous author of incredible books such as Saving the World, and she writes in both English and Italian. Uh, she's a mother to two amazing young adults, and on top of that, she has now this uh, channel and uh, talk show, which is also a podcast on YouTube, Unleashed. So I thought we can learn a lot from Paola, so I'm very happy that she has agreed to be my guest today, and um, let's let's talk. Oh, thank <laughs> you, Shamim. Paola, thank, thank you. you for being here. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thank you for letting me into the into the hot seat today. Absolutely, only because of you, seriously. Thank because you. I, I, I didn't really know that I was becoming, you know, a guest on my own show. But well, uh, well, you know, I think uh, Hanan had this idea, and we all jumped on it and said, "Why not? This is yeah. this makes total sense." Because you know, I think uh, a lot of the work you do is very important. Um, and I don't want to say that it's just important for women. I think it's important for men and women, but it has often a feminist slant, which is why I think we, we always think about you in relation to women's rights. Sure. So before we get into all of that, tell me a little bit about Paula Diana. Who are you? What defines you? What would you say about yourself to somebody that you're meeting for the first time? I'm definitely a warrior. I would describe yeah. myself like that. Okay. Even though I don't go outside in the street to wear a sword. <laughs> <laughs> I only learned about Chinese swords when I was doing Kung Fu right. quite a long time ago. Yeah. But I define myself as a warrior because uh, this is my attitude towards life. Okay. Uh, everything I do, I do it with passion and I do it because I... I go against all the odds. Uh, I want to overcome all the challenges that I have to face. Uh, I'm always there trying to protect uh, people who are eventually not so uh, strong, yeah. more vulnerable. This is my uh, the way I live. This is my mission in life. And of course, uh, I chose the cause of women and yeah. girls because myself, when I was a child, I, I was a victim of, um, of violence. And then I, I really understood what does it mean to be powerless. Yeah. Do you feel that that, that, uh, that cause of, of warriorship, if you like, of, of, of being a protector uh, for women and girls stems very much from a personal um, aspect or more from an intellectual definitely framework. from a personal aspect uh, and and then of course I studied a lot uh, political science uh, philosophy history yeah. history of religions so yes. that really opened my mind yeah. and that helped me to understand okay. what I went through yeah. and what uh, all women around the world are going through because of this uh, patriarchal culture yes. that is really really destroying our lives absolutely um, so t are you comfortable to talk a little bit about your early background and the, and the things that did happen to you that made you uh, uh, take that path of, of feminism and, and fighting that patriarchy? I'm not that comfortable, but I, I'm happy to talk about that because uh, it's important. It's important yeah. because I understand that now I, I'm a role model for yes, many girls. You are. Uh, 
and women who write to me, especially after I wrote the book, and many of them, they told me that I changed their lives. I think it's important for them to not see myself only as this successful woman who made it uh, yep. uh, as I'm perfect and I never had a problem because this is not a reality. Yep. As I said, I was a victim myself, but I never defined myself as a victim because yep. uh, um, naturally I'm quite strong. So I actually was the rebel in my family. And this is growing up in Italy, just to yeah, be clear, in your, exactly. in, your, in, your, in your parents' home. I grew up in Italy, in northern Italy, yep. in Padua. And, uh, and I had the problem that my father, who was uh, uh, outside uh, the family, mm. he was uh, uh, an amazing person for everyone. He was a professor, he was a doctor, yep. he was well-known, respectable, um, he was uh, Catholic, yep. and uh, he was going to church every Sunday. He was given a lot of money to the local church, uh, so he was very, very respected and loved. But inside the family, he was a violent man. Not every day, in the sense that uh, violent men usually, especially this type of men who I think they have uh, psychological problems at the end, yeah. because they can't really manage their rage and their hunger. Uh, they can be very, very violent, and then the day after, they can ask you, sorry, I'm sorry, I love you, I would never do that, I would never do that again. Yeah. And that's why many women, they, they just justify them. They, they say, oh, but it's, it's saying sorry, you know, it will change, it yeah. will change. But then they don't change, because if they don't get help, they will never change. Yeah. I was a child, I tell you the truth, Shamima, I don't really have so many memories before I was uh, eight years old. Wow. I think this is the way I protected myself. By consciously blocking yes. that early part of your yes. life. Yes, I have uh, some, uh, you know, kind of uh, memories in my head, pictures of myself as, yeah, running uh, away from him, uh, with my mother and my brother trying to stop him. And, uh, but the constant thing during all my childhood and my teenage years was the terror. Mm. I was terrified by him, terrified. Yeah. He was a very tall man, very big, and uh, he didn't want me to look at him in the eyes when Ever. we were arguing. Yeah. No, normally yes, but when we were arguing and he was uh, becoming mad at me, so yes. he was uh, getting hunger very, very quickly, yeah. he, he was facing me, I couldn't look at him in the eyes. And of course for me it was even more terrifying. Mm -hmm. And other times he was driving and he was mad at me or my mother was saying I would go against uh, this uh, tree or that wall with a car, you mm. know, like, like he was in control of our lives and we couldn't say anything. So we had to calm down and tell him, yes, yes, you're right. You know, you, it's fine. Whatever you want to do, it's fine. Yeah. So this was our daily base, you know, life. What did that do to you inside? Did you feel that you were, I mean, you said you never took on that role of victim, um, which knowing you now I can imagine, but there must have been times when you felt you were just having to placate and having to uh, put yourself down to, to control the situation. Yeah, uh, and, and, I, and I was depressed, I tell you the truth, because I, yeah. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. Sometimes I wanted to kill him, uh, but of course I was too, too young. I, could, I couldn't have done anything. Yeah. It was very bad for me also because I couldn't, I could cry only locked in my bathroom. Yeah. We, we didn't have keys in my house, so he was keep entering inside my bedroom, opening the light also during the night. If he was mad at me, he was just shouting at me for even very, very small things, stupid things, like I was, I was late, you know, yep. one night, stuff like that. Yep. Uh, it was exhausting, it was exhausting. Uh, and I bring that up not to, to dwell on the worst mm -hmm. part of things, but I, I think a lot of people uh, watching will probably, this may unfortunately be a familiar story. And just for people to know that however bad things feel, however depressed, however 
low you feel things have gone, things can change. So, so tell, tell me about, was there a moment, a particular moment that you remember where things flipped for you or was it a more gradual change to, to, to get away from that abuse? It really helped me having friends. Yeah. I, I'm very sociable. I, I, I can have very good friends and yeah. I had, uh, that really saved my life. Yeah. So the first thing was when I was around 12 years old, uh, I understood that another friend of mine, she had the same problem. Because okay. at the beginning I thought I was alone. Right. I was the only one with this problem. All the other yeah. families were perfect. This was what I was thinking because, you know, at the time, especially in Italy, no one was talking about domestic violence. No. Uh, men could do everything they wanted, you know, in the house. And then I thought, oh my God, I'm not alone. She's, she's going through the same process. So uh, I, I know it's bad to say, but I was sorry for her, of course, but I, I thought uh, there is hope, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not the only one. So this is something eventually that uh, can be overcome, you know, mm. if I'm strong. And then I heard about this uh, blue telephone. This is a line, a special line for children, a victim of abuse. And okay. I, um, one day I was 14. My father was mad at me for, I don't remember even for what. And he was facing me in front of my bedroom and uh, he was telling me, put your eyes down, don't look at me. And I said, I have enough. I look at him and it, it was terrifying because his eyes were like the eyes of a really a mad person. And I was like, uh, if you touch me ever again, I will call this line and I will ruin your reputation forever. Mm. So people will stop thinking you are this kind of a saint, you yeah. know, outside these walls. They will know who you really are. Wow. And then I'm sure these words really touched him and he kind of destroyed my bedroom, my mattress, uh, my telephone outside the window, like this kind of crazy, rage. you know, rage stuff. Yeah. But thank God he didn't touch me. And, and then, yeah, and after, he that, after that. No, he, he only was only psychological abuse yes, after that. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. So you found a way to... Uh yeah, so, so his, he didn't want anybody to know outside the house. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's all about it was all about reputation, yes. but it still is because I was uh, going to ask that about in Italy, and I think a lot of uh, yeah. cultures that are similar. I know it's often the same uh, in my part of the world, in India, Africa, the Middle East, the areas that I'm familiar with. That's yeah. often the case where you worry about what people think outside yeah, more exactly. than what's going on in your own home. Exactly. Yeah, it's a matter of honor. Yes. And after I published my book here in, uh, in England, yeah. uh, one year and a half ago, I had this journalist of the Times uh, who interviewed me and uh, I told her the truth normally, like, uh, you know, it's my story, I own it, you know, yes. and uh, yeah. I have nothing to hide. She thought it was a great story, the editor thought the same, eventually they gave me the cover of the Times. Yeah. That yeah. is uh, actually a great achievement, it's I think. It's a huge achievement, yes. But my brother, uh, he never congratulated me and actually he was mad at me. Mm. He didn't even call me, he only sent me an email telling me, how dare you speak with journalists? How dare you talk about my father? Who for him is still a great, you know, father. Yeah. Uh, he is dead, so you shouldn't talk about him. And, uh, and why now? Uh, I, I said, but because before I didn't have any journalists of the time, so you know, running around <laughs> <laughs> and asking and begging me for an interview. I'm like, <laughs> I, I didn't have you a know? big enough platform. Yeah, I would have loved to, to speak before. Unfortunately, yeah. I had to wait. Yeah. And, and he, he said to me, don't speak ever again with journalists. Don't talk about this. Mm. He wrote to me, by the way, if you will speak again, you know, I, you will lose me as a brother. Mm. And I said, you know, if you, if you write me these words and you behave like this, it means that I'm not really losing a real brother and not, definitely not a good brother because you were never good to me. Yeah. Because actually it was violent with me also right. when I was growing up. So it was oh, always right. punching me. 
and my mu the music was too high, he was punching me. And I was a little one in the house. Yeah. So he was also a big, uh, you know, and very tall and strong oh uh, uh, teenager, my brother, oh. yeah. So this is what I went through and now, yeah, he's not talking to me. Yeah. I can't even talk with my nieces. Well, I, I'm sorry to hear that, but you know, at the end of the day, I think the principles and what you, st what you lose as a person, having yeah. somebody uh, yeah. put boundaries but I, I know, I know you can understand me yeah, absolutely. Very much so. <laughs> and also, you know, when I was uh, young, I, I remember, and I, and I was, I was speaking with my mother, you know, because uh, she has to understand that as well. You know, mm -hmm. I couldn't breathe when I was uh, young. Yeah. I remember I had this problem; I couldn't breathe properly. Yeah. So I was always, you know, breathing like this, like like I, I was very, very anxious. Yeah. But it was a huge problem, you know, yeah. for a child. And they thought, oh let's cure her with this kind of acupuncture and other stuff, you know? And they never thought, oh, let, let, let's go to the cause of this, you know? It's yeah. not natural that a child has no. this kind of, you know, exactly. problems. Uh, let's eventually send to a psychiatric, you know, the, the cause of the problem, mm. but no, no one thought about doing that. Yeah. Because uh, uh, that would mean acknowledging the problem. Of uh, course. Acknowledge the source of the anxiety. Yeah. So they, they came out with me being the rebel. I don't know what a child, you know, could be as a rebel, mm -hmm. seriously, <laughs> like, yeah. because I wasn't really accepting the role of victim. And so they started seeing me as an enemy in the house. Mm. And I, th I think that's a very important point is that the victims are, uh, that, that they have that pushed upon them. Yeah. Even if they don't want to take that role because it makes it easier. Exactly. The responsibility of abuse to be on the, the person receiving the abuse, not the person giving the abuse. Uh, and I think that's a big shift, uh, certainly with the Harvey Weinstein verdict. Yes. That came down, it wasn't perfect, but it helped a lot to shift that uh, narrative and yeah. to say, you know, that and, and he went through a lot of work to discredit these women, to make them feel uh, pressured to exactly. drop these cases. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it takes yeah. work, but it, yeah. I, I hope that the narrative is shifting. And I grew up with my brother beating me up and all the time I was uh, going to my mom mm. to ask her, you know, please help me, you know. It's she w she never said stop it what are you doing violence is not accepted mm. accepted in this house mm. she always said to me what have you done that your brother is mad at you what have right. you done to him right. so it was always my fault right. so it was violent to me yeah. because of my fault yeah. because I, I was the guilty one yeah. and i never accepted that no and abs I, absolutely good i don't think girls have to accept that either no. so everywhere in the world you know no. i think if they are in the same situation girls and boys of course because if you're a child you know you you might face the same mm -hmm. type of violence in the house you, you have to find a teacher find someone yeah and, and just ask for help and know that it is not your fault yeah and that you have a right to ask for help and you have a right to uh, be supportive yeah absolutely but that's why, you know, I, I actually had the idea to write the book because uh, yeah. saving the world uh, is, uh, is kind of uh, a synthesis of what I learned through my studies in political science. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really wanted to share this, you know, with uh, as many people as possible. And of course, uh, I, um, I looked at history through the lenses of a feminism, you know, and the women's rights. Yeah. And that's why I'm writing, you know, in the book, the chapter being born as a woman, you know, where I write all the type of oppression and abuse that religion, religions yeah. and traditions all over the world invented, you yeah. know, in order to control women's bodies. So, so what is the central premise of saving the world? What, what is the key thing that you want people to understand when they read this book? So first of all, I, I, I love yeah. the title. I hope you like the title as well. I, I, well. I tell you what I loved about this book, apart from the fact that it is very much a, a, a manifesto and it didn't pull any punches. That, you know, often you read um, 
books with this amount of research where the, the author says it could be surmised that it's possible. And, and I love that your sentences were, this is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Women are suffering because of this and it has to stop. And I thought, wow, okay, somebody's actually telling it like it is. Yeah. And, and I think Saving the World, I thought, well, that's a big title. But actually, when you are losing up to 50% of the world's resources or allowing 50%, up to 50% of the world to be abused or given non-equal rights, it's, the, the world is going yeah. to uh, hell in a handcart, as they yeah. say. And, and if we don't mobilize the, the extra resources we have with women and stop the abuse and stop the crushing, we will die. We will we destroy not, this planet. We will planet destroy the planet, and we need all the help we can get. So why not? So I, mm. I thought it was not too uh, big a title. I thought it, it really described. I'm happy about this, that. The scenario you. perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people at the beginning, especially in Italy, they thought it was quite a bold title, it and uh, it is. But uh, this is uh, who I am, you know. Yes. I, uh, you know me. I'm very bold. Again, I, you know, I, I'm a fighter naturally. Yeah. I fight back. So yeah. you punch me once, I punch you twice. I'm yeah. sorry. This is my <laughs> <laughs> noted for the rest of the interview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and do you think this um, is the way? On on that note, do you think that that's something that boldness and that sense of being a warrior is? something that all women should be somehow taught from an early age yes and how absolutely 100% <laughs> they have to you know because another thing I went through is uh, you know being educated like uh, uh, you have to be humble you have to be modest yeah. so you don't have to speak up oh yeah uh, you know you're too opinionated uh, you have to stay calm you have to take care of everyone it, uh, I think it's all a bullshit, you know, especially for yeah. women and girls. I think we have to find our inner goddess, our inner warrior, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because we have to feel confident of Absolutely. ourselves. We have to stop feeling we're not good enough, we're not beautiful enough, we're not skinny enough, we're not young enough. This is, again, all bullshit made to control our mm -hmm. minds, mm -hmm. made to control society, yeah. made to keep us down. You know, that's why we have to do the opposite. In order to find the, the true leadership within yeah. ourselves, yeah. we have to feel confident about our power, you know, oh, and uh, our strength. And <laughs> I'm laughing, sorry, I'm laughing because I have a very big allergy to long-haired cats. I'm so and, sorry, uh, <laughs> I don't know why. But we're going to run this there. interview for as long as we can. Um, <laughs> this, could, this could be very interesting. Let's see how we go. <laughs> Simba, come with you. This cat knows. Anyway, <laughs> you're doing well so far. <laughs> sorry, it made me laugh so much when she came and sat right next yeah. to me. Simba. <laughs> Simba is our mascot. Is very beautiful. He loves the show. He. Yeah, yeah, it's a boy. Okay. <laughs> um, but speaking about this, I think what often we talk, we get people who come back and say, but family values, but looking after the kids, but all of these things. Uh, and to me, I, I think being a feminist, being a warrior, finding your inner goddess does not mean that you have to give up uh, the, the traditionally feminine attributes of caring, nurturing, of course. kindness, uh, and all of that. Do you feel that, that yeah. those are compatible? Yeah, absolutely, they're compatible. Uh, I mean, look at me. I mean, I, I, I think I'm right. a great mother because yeah. my two children, they're adorable. I have a boy and a girl. They are amazing. And uh, <laughs> they're, they're intelligent, they're self-confident, uh, yeah. they're loving and caring. And uh, I, I think they are my greatest achievement. And I, I yeah. educate them as a single mother uh, because I got divorced very early. And uh, I'm happily divorced, by the way. 
<laughs> I don't think it's a tragedy. I also have a clear opinion about marriage, <laughs> but we can talk about that okay. after. And I, I, I think you can do, you can do everything, you know, you just yeah. have to be confident of yourself and you, you can be loving and caring, but you can be strong on the other hand. And Absolutely. You can, you know, not accept uh, abuse. You can say enough. You can, you know, uh, fight for a better world for yourself, for your sisters around the world, mm -hmm. for everyone. Okay. And also, I always say, you know, I would fight for men's rights if they were, you know, abused, if they Absolutely. were under, you know, uh, attack. Which, which is exactly the right way. And I think, mm -hmm. I think there's a, a tendency to think about uh, fighting for women's rights as somehow being uh, fighting against men. Absolutely. And I we know that, true, but I yeah. think there's that perception, and I yeah. think no, actually, it is it is educating certain some men, yeah. and, and embracing the rest of the men who are already with with yeah. uh, the program on that. But also, we know that women many times the, 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 yeah. they can be the worst enemies of Absolutely. their own gender. Yeah. So I, I argue many times with women who don't really understand, you mm. know, the value of feminism. They don't understand they have to, uh, you know, be kind and compassionate with other women as well because yeah. we need more sisterhood. Absolutely. It doesn't mean being a man or a woman, you know, you can actually be the worst uh, misogynist and yeah. be a woman, unfortunately. We know yeah. that uh, many horrible traditions like female genital mutilation or breast ironing, they're perpetrated uh, yeah. by women, by yeah. mothers and grandmothers. Exactly. That is shocking, but this is reality. And, uh, and that's why the culture, the patriarchal culture is so, you know, strong and important for these women, especially the more ignorant they are, mm. unfortunately, the more, uh, you know, uh, subject they are to this type of yes. uh, uh, horrible traditions and cultures. Yeah. So education is the first key and uh, self-education as well. So that's why it's good to read books like mine or like, you know, other type of books that really uh, enlighten you, that shows you, yes. you know, uh, this is reality where you're living in, you know, don't s stop believing in what they tell you. I always say that we have to stop, uh, you know, uh, believing in what they told us, like traditions, religions, especially monotheistic religions. And we have to find our own, you know, spirituality and create new traditions based on empathy, based I, on I compassion. I very much agree. Uh, you know, I was brought up uh, as, in, as a Muslim and, and I was quite, uh, you know, taught to be quite devout uh, from a young age. And it's very hard to break those cycles um, when you are, uh, when they are so ingrained in you. But I'm here to tell everybody that it's very possible. Yeah. And I think <laughs> it is very important to have, you mentioned that you see yourself as a role model. Um, I didn't expect to have that role as a writer director because I, I thought my work would be behind the scenes just putting out the, the 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 stories but I think people within those stories very much see a reflection of themselves as they could be as they might want to be or as they shouldn't be that's what stories do for us and I think that kind of uh, work it, it, whether in, uh, in non-fiction books or fiction books as, as important. I write is important yes. um, and that and that makes me also ask about uh, this particular show that we're on now, Unleashed, The Game Changers. What were you thinking with that? Was that another way to kind of uh, think about the, the topics that are interesting to you or why did you want to do? Absolutely. Everything yeah. I do in my life has something to do with, uh, you know, my, my passion and my actually mission of, uh, you know, empowering women. Right. Uh, but of course, Unleashed is more than that. Unleash for me is the way to inspire people, men and women together, you okay. know, and to give them uh, ideas and role models and, and to open up their minds, you know, and, and show them that something different is possible, that change is possible, because I really love to interview game changers, as right. you know, we can see from the title. 
And also my idea is to give visibility to as many women as possible, men included, of course. Yeah. But we need to give more visibility to women, especially in the talk shows and podcasts, because unfortunately, the majority of them, they are hosted by very successful and incredible you know, men who actually tend to interview mainly men. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yes, and yeah. that's why uh, sometimes when they, they, they interview women, uh, they create special types, uh, you know, of uh, uh, kind of uh, categories for their shows. The like, women show. <laughs> yeah, like, the, you know, the, the women of greatness, right. the women of impact, uh, because it's so different for them to interview women. You yes. know, that they have to create a special category for that. I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite and you know me for me it's normal to interview women and men you know and of course i'm trying to give more visibility to women just to shift this you right because there's a balance in balance exactly yeah. but uh, if again this imbalance uh, wa wasn't there you know i, I wouldn't even bother to, right. to make this distinction so what defines a game changer for you what do you look for when you when you're looking because you're i know you're very particular about the people that you bring onto the show because you want them to have maximum impact and, f and for your audience to be able to learn a lot so what are your criteria for a picking people game changer is someone who faced uh, incredible challenges uh, it could have been money domestic violence uh, abuse uh, uh, racism uh, mm -hmm. poverty yeah. and then decided not to give up decided to stand up yeah. and to go against all the odds and to succeed in every possible way. And I'm not only talking about money, of course I'm, I'm talking with people who made a lot of money, but that's not the case. For me, success is not related to money. Success right. is uh, your attitude toward li towards life, yeah. is uh, your mentality is uh, becoming a champion in what you do, you know, whatever it is, you know, if you write a book, uh, if you're a barrister, if you're an athlete, uh, mm. if you're an entrepreneur, and, uh, and also trying to give back to society. So all the people that I'm interviewing, usually they're not greedy, you know, and only thinking about themselves. So right. Usually they always give back in right. some way. And, and this is beautiful because I strongly believe every one of us has to give back. This is, this is the way to live, you know, you can't only live thinking about yourself. Yes, I think it's a core, core it feels like a core principle of human uh, happiness and human meaning, I think, to have yeah. that, uh, that ability to give back, to have a purpose, yeah. I guess, in the world. Yeah. It doesn't just have to be giving to charity, but a reason that you feel you are here and you can make a difference. Yeah. Um, but going back, it, it sounded very much like you, you, you see game changers as people who are not only decide what they want to do, but become really good at it. Because you, you talked about mastery and, and warriorship and all of these things. Speaking about that, it, it hasn't been that long since you took up Brazilian jiu-jitsu as a, as a <laughs> martial art, amongst all the other things that you do. How long has it been? Oh, just one year and a few a months. Yeah. And is it right that you are now, you, you actually won at the European Championships <laughs> just last month? I know people are shocked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With a, with a year and a bit of yeah, yeah, in my weight division, of course, of and course, my age yeah. division. But yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a great achievement because I just turned uh, blue belt. Of course, it's nothing compared to what I still have to learn. But that's uh, what I'm makes it student. interesting, 
everything. I'm sure if you'd learnt everything, you'd be giving it up right about now. But so tell me about what that took in terms of dedication and how that fits into your life, because I, I imagine a lot of training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I decided uh, to change my life and, and to give more time to my training, yep. uh, especially in the evenings, and, uh, and just starting to say no to a lot of uh, commitments and social events uh, yep. where they were inviting me. And usually in the past, I used to go there. I, I used to go to even three events per night. Yep. And my, my, my life completely changed, but I'm really happy about that. Uh, I tell you. How do you feel physiologically and psychologically you changed from... from taking up the training and, and shifting that balance? I feel great. Of course, because injuries is quite uh, intense, uh, so yeah. you can be injured sometimes. Uh, I have the passion for what I'm doing. You know, I, I just accept that and I'm happy about that. Yeah. But uh, of course, you know, before I was practicing other martial arts, so I was always uh, quite fit because I, I consider very important for everyone, but especially for women, especially, you know, the more, you know, we, we age to be active and yeah. to keep uh, thinking yeah. about yourself and your body. Because unfortunately, many women, especially if they're mothers, uh, they neglect themselves mm -hmm. because they tend to uh, only care about the family, you know, their children, the house. Uh, and we know because many times women, you know, they don't have help, so they're yes. overcome by all this. Yes. But it's very important, especially for their mental health, uh, if they find some time for themselves. Yeah. And for me, finding time for a martial art, and in particular Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, because I love it, uh, it's very important in order to empower, feel empowered uh, yeah. physically and mentally, because yeah. the two things are very connected, as you know. Very much so. Yeah, yeah well, that's great. Well, it, it lends a new meaning to you punch me once, I'll punch you twice. So I'm going to be really careful. <laughs> about by the way, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, we question. don't punch, no, I choke. <laughs> so... <Okay. laughs> I don't know if it's good, <laughs> something good to say. <laughs> it's a good thing, good thing. I'm, I, you know, this is great. I love it. You know, I think all, all women should feel this empowered. And it's not just about the physicality. What I'm getting from you is a, is, is a strong sense of I'm here, I'm enjoying being here and, and having a purpose and a meaning in, in, the, in the world. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think that's what we all aspire to, men and women. Yeah. Um, and I tell you the truth, in the future, I would like to try to, um, to lobby for uh, changing the way we, uh, we teach sports to our children, oh because yeah. I really would like that schools would introduce uh, martial arts for self-defense, specifically for women, but also for boys who have to you know, uh, st uh, learn how to fight against eventually bullying you know, or someone I, abusing them. I think them. that's brilliant, because yeah. I think that, uh, not that I know anything about martial arts particularly, mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot of mental stamina and certain certain yeah. rules and, and uh, yeah. ways of being that yeah. are involved and it teaches, in certain yeah it teaches you discipline as well yeah that's very important because without discipline idea. yes you don't achieve anything thank you so well, this is one good. of my that would be a great <laughs> thing to put into schools i think if we yeah. could put that some some education on good nutrition and, and how to yeah. feed yourself well exactly um that is very connected to mental health totally and well. and maybe uh about business and and, uh, and economics and finance too, so that people feel You're empowered right. to to uh, You're right. to yeah. save, invest, and and learn things that I only learned long after leaving school. Exactly. For yeah, and then we, we so should basically, teach this. yeah, we we change the entire curriculum. I think. Yeah, it's a worldwide. good idea. Why not? Fantastic. Why not? We are game changers <laughs> with a healthy <laughs> dose of feminism at the top of the at top of every morning. So. Um, so what do you do? You see yourself in public office or in any kind of. Uh, 
political role in the future? Uh, I tell you the truth, I always saw myself in this kind of role, especially when I was in Italy, because yeah. after my baccalaureate degree and my master's degree, I, uh, I actually worked in politics for almost five years. That's right. I was working behind the scenes. I was so lucky to serve in the political campaign of the former Prime Minister Romano Prodi right. uh, twice, and I helped directing a uh, think tank, uh, supporting his political campaign. Uh, it was an intense period of my life. Yeah. I was very young and I learned so much from all this incredible intellect that I had to deal with on a daily basis. So, so it didn't put you off politics as a way to change the world or do you think do you think it's possible to do that or do you think politicians and governments have their hands tied by so many different agendas? Uh, I think uh, there is a, of course a balance between the two things you, mm. you mentioned but definitely we have to have hope in, and we have to think that actually politics can change yes. the society in which we live and it should change it you know in order to help uh, the people who are less you know fortunate and uh, who are facing you know more troubles. And, and is it important for women to be more elected? Yes. I strongly believe it's m more important for women to finally have their voices heard. Yes. So women have to stop being shy or again humble, you know, they have to put themselves out there mm -hmm. and ask to be voted. And on the, the other side, other women, they also have to start voting more for women candidates. Yes. It's very important. Yes. I always say that to all my friends. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have many, many friends who declare themselves, oh, I'm a feminist, I love women, and then every time they vote for men. But is that because of a different, uh, a different uh, set of ideological values or do you think that that's because they don't trust a woman to be in charge? Uh, I think maybe they don't even understand the importance of voting for a woman. Right. They just, just don't get the, the, you know, the, the strong value, the strong yeah. point. Because now we, we are quite lucky, you know? so we have women in each mm. different uh, you know, yeah. party. And that's a good thing. So not enough, but getting. I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But uh, I'm positive, you know. Yes. Uh, as I said, a lot of history. I, I I can see that in the past it was a drama, you know, a tragedy yes. compared to w what we are yes. facing now. So Absolutely. we definitely have to be positive and keep working for that. Of course, we don't have to think, oh, we reached these rights, we achieved these rights, and now yeah. it's done. It's not the case because I they can take them you know, away from us. Look what's happening in America. I, I think that's such a good point. And I, and I think uh, for me today, uh, I feel like if you, if you are not an extremist mm -hmm. and you are not using your voice, there's a problem because the, when, when you ha allow the extremists on both sides to start taking over the mainstream, mm -hmm. uh, which is where we all sit, and we tend to be quiet when things are going okay. But I think that time for that in the, in the world we live in now is long past. It is time to speak up about feminism, about climate change, about all of the, the abortion rights, things that we take for granted as being standard because they can get slowly eroded by the far right, by the Absolutely. far left, depending on the, the yes. thing. And, and I think that it's important to have that voice all the time as part of our daily narrative, not just to, act, to be activists or to agitate. Yeah. Um, I, I, I strongly believe that. Yeah. And also, you know, I think that women tend to think more about uh, their children and the yes. future of their children. Yes. So that's why they care more eventually of the future of the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, fortunately, the patriarchal culture is very abusive mm -hmm. uh, by itself, uh, you yes. know, and uh, it only thought about success. Success yes. as making much money immediately now for the present, you yes. know, for 
the men who are you know now in charge and they're lucky enough to have the power now yeah. you know this type of capitalism never thought about the long-term period no uh, what will happen no. you know in 50 years what will happen in 100 years so yeah. I think that women have this kind of empathy more. Mm -hmm. Women have more, you know, compassion towards the humanity That's in because general. Because historically they've been home looking after the children, spending yeah. that time with the kids, whereas I think it's been perfectly legitimate for men to never see their kids because they're yeah. busy working. As long as they're making enough money exactly. or in a powerful enough position, then you kind of, it's okay that you don't yes. see your kids very often yeah. or you don't interact with them. So I think all of that needs to shift. Yeah, when for the sake of men as well, because they're missing out on relationships sometimes Absolutely. with kids that could be meaningful in, in chasing a, a definition of success that could also stand to change a little bit. Absolutely. No, no, we want to create a better society <coughs> for them as well. Yes, absolutely. For everybody, it has to work. Okay, Paola, I'm going to um, ask you five questions that you, I think you ask most of your guests at the end <laughs> of Unleashed. So the first question I want to ask you for the end of this program is, what is one thing that people would never know about you just by looking at you? I think definitely that I, I could choke him or her <laughs> <laughs> quite easily and quite fast because I love to choke okay. <laughs> when okay. I'm on the mat, of course. Yes, yeah. within, within the framework of yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the jiu-jitsu Not one. normally. Okay, all right. So that might lead interestingly into the next one, which is if you were a superhero, uh, what would be a superpower? My superpower would be uh, reading people's oh, minds okay. uh, and eventually controlling them, of course, if they're doing something wrong. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so do you think do you think it's important to understand uh, the psychology of being able to read the other person? Is that a key yes. key thing that 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 people need to to know? Yes, and this is, has something to do with uh, emotional intelligence. Mm. It's very yes. important. So it's not enough to be rationally intelligent. Yes. But it's very important to be emotionally intelligent. And how do, how do we uh, create emotional intelligence in uh, our society more, do you think? I think uh, reading a lot yes. uh, and being open to other cultures yeah. uh, and being empathic. empathetic. Also, it's not a, we'd, I think currently in the political climate with uh, people like Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, Bolsonaro in Brazil, they strike me as people that, that they are rewarded for not being emotionally intelligent yeah. and for just uh, riding roughshod over empathetic views of what is going on in the world. So maybe the system needs to change to reward empathy and emotional intelligence. Yeah, but I, I, again, I'm positive. I think it's already changing. Okay, I think that's it's good. already changing. I have this feeling. Great. Yeah. I, from, from your mouth to God's ears, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> uh, Paolo, what is your spirit animal? And I'm hoping it's not a long-haired cat. <laughs> no, but it's okay. My spirit animal, I think is a lioness. I, oh, well, there you go, a long-haired totally. cat, but I, like, yeah. I think that's very, very suited. I can see Why? many similarities. Uh, first of all, because I protect my pride mm. with my okay. seriously with everything I have. Yes. So yeah. I'm, um, again, <laughs> I can be very dangerous if someone attacked my pride yes. as a lioness. Yeah. And um, yeah, I can be quiet and chilled and relaxed. But on the other side, I can be quite uh, you know fighter if needed. So. Fantastic! I like the sound of that. Um, what have you learned from your past relationships? <laughs> Many things. All of them. <laughs> I don't know if we have time. So um, maybe, the, maybe the, say the two or three key things. That yes, you think I learned uh, that patience is definitely uh, a virtue. Yeah. 
and it's much needed. Okay. Uh, I learned that I love myself more than the others. Good. So I, I put myself first and this I think is good. I also think if I may say that's something that we tend to go, <gasps> You're selfish, or you're. I so know. Folk, but I know. What can what can women particularly learn? That's from why that? I'm saying that yeah. because I think it's good because I'm very balanced. Uh, I know what I want. I know what I love, and I don't let other people, and especially other men, in this mm. case, to destroy my life, yeah. to put me in, uh, you know, uh, put me down. Yeah. I don't let them controlling me. Uh, but this can be tricky, of course, because, you know, uh, the more powerful and rich and free you are as a woman, uh, the more you scare other men. <laughs> so sometimes I have some of them telling me, oh, we are dangerous. I'm like, really? not really. <laughs> 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 okay. But of course, uh, they kind of uh, fear this type of uh, mentality. And, yes. um, but it's okay. I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> That's so, so, so patience <laughs> and self-care, basically. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Two, two of the key things that you And then learn. I also learned that uh, it doesn't mean anything, the length of your relationship. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that you have to stay together, married or not, forever, in order to have uh, the relationship, the real love. Yeah. No, it's not true, because I think this was a social invention, especially yeah. marriage. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, we all change during our lifetime. We live now 100 years. Uh, I want to live even more. Uh, so it's almost unrealistic to be, you know, monogamous and with the same person for maybe eight years or, you know, six right. years. Yeah. So I, I think you can have a great love, even if it lasts only for five years, 10 years or yeah. whatever. So I don't think we have to criticize ourselves or think, oh, we are not, you know, enough we're not worth it you know if we don't have a partner for life if you have uh, it's fine yeah. it's good you know good yeah, for but you it shouldn't you're be lucky a, a forced thing yeah, yeah i don't think women especially should feel this pressure yeah and many times uh, especially uh, again in italy because it's, uh, it's a funny patriarchy you know very <laughs> much very much in india the they, Middle East as well. yeah they told me you know oh my god but you are so beautiful intelligent why are you single and i'm like i was laughing like i was like wrong <laughs> but i'm single because i'm <laughs> Beautiful, intelligent. I'm sorry. I mean, it's so or, clear to or me. It you know? Or it could yeah, be a choice. Because you know? my, of course, my standard, my bar is is higher, you know, than uh, the exactly. one of other people, and I'm actually happy about that, you Good. know. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. But again, uh, you know, I think women, when they are empowered, they they will find this kind of strength, yeah. and they will, will they will understand that they, they're free. I'm basically Absolutely. free from all this type of prejudice, you Wonderful. know, and biases. Wonderful. Well, uh, let me end with one tiny little question. It's a nothing question. What's the meaning of life? I love this. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's my favorite one. I know. <laughs> the meaning of life yeah. is love. I, I believe that love is the answer for everything. And love, again, in a wider way, not only romantic love. Mm. I'm thinking about love for your children, love for your friends, love for humanity, yes. love for everyone. So you just have to give everything you have your heart you know your passion your 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 mind you're being generous towards other people in order for them to to thrive in order for them to be successful to to stop suffering i'm, I'm very much you know interested in ending suffering for yes. all people yeah and this is what gives me you know a smile on my face when i wake up every day and i think this should be the same for other people well you know, i think that's love. that's a wonderful uh way to end because I think a lot of us end up running through life and not taking a minute to think about everything that we have to be appreciative about, uh, the things that we have, uh, love in our lives. So 
thank you for the reminder. Yeah. And <laughs> thank you for being on this show. Uh, which, if I say so, is a very good show. And, uh, <laughs> and, and seriously. thank you for being part of the Unleash the Game Changers. And <laughs> I bet you're looking forward to being back in this seat next time. But thank you for the opportunity, Aww. Paula. Thank you for interviewing me. Seriously, I never thought about this. No, but, uh, not at all. And before <laughs> we go, well. <laughs> let, me just, let me just say to anybody who's out there who hasn't read Saving the World by Paula Diana, uh, women, the 21st century's factor for change. This is an exceptionally good book. It's a quick read. It's, um, I think, a very important book for you to read. Thank um, you. So thank you for writing it. Oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you, Paula. Oh, Take care. Thank you. Thank you for watching Unleashed and for being my guest today, Shamim Sarif, on the Paula Diana show. Um, and please feel free to share this uh, channel and this uh, link with your friends. But we hope you enjoyed it and leave comments underneath. We're always happy to hear from you. The royal we, it's Paula's show. But uh, thank you for having me on here and till next time. <laughs>